We are excited to be able to have Don Shank here this morning. Don, come on up. We'll invite you to come. Uh, Don is part of a special radio ministry called The Tide. And they share the good news of Jesus around the world, literally, in 12 countries and 30 heart languages. And uh, we're glad to have you here this morning and invite you just to share what God's put on your heart and tell us all about The Tide. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for the privilege of coming to share about the Tide Ministry. You know, John, when you shared about uh, Daylight Savings coming up soon, it took me back to my freshman year at Messiah College. My parents were missionaries, and I grew up in a country where Daylight Savings, there was nothing like that. <clears throat> and my brother was ahead of me at Messiah College, and one Sunday, there was a couple that had invited us to go to church with them and have lunch. And Thank you. <laughs> and so that Sunday morning, I got up, I got dressed, showered, dressed, ready to go, and it, it seemed it was time to go, and my brother wasn't there. So I ran over to the next dorm up to the third floor where my brother's room was, and I was banging on the door. Come on, Daniel, wake up, wake up. We're going to be late. we got to go. They said, shut up, man. We don't have to leave for another hour. Anyways, that was my introduction to daylight savings time. It, in the fall, it's different. I guess, you know, next Sunday, if you make the mistake, you'll be late. Yeah. In the fall, if you make the mistake, you're just going to show up early. Anyways. <laughs> so, but th those are the things that we deal with when we change cultures or go across, across uh, nations and different places. But this morning, I, before I talk a lot, I do want to share about the Tide Ministry and bring you up to date on what's happening, what God is doing. Uh, John gave a little bit of a, a brief overview there. But I want to share from Scripture. Look at a passage of Scripture first. It's a very, uh, it's kind of like a go-to Scripture for, to talk about missions. And it's in Romans, Romans chapter 10. Um, I'll read it if you want to turn there and follow along, that's fine. I'm actually going to read from the New King James Version. That's kind of become one of my favorite. That's the one I'm using more recently to look at. Um, it's a passage of scripture, again, back to Messiah College. I remember at Messiah College, there was a, a Dr. George Kimber, who was one of the professors there that I had for some courses. And he referred to this passage as the canon within the canon. And I'm not sure if he meant this is a, this is a big gun within the gospel, or if that was a play of words on the, the scripture known as the canon, if this was really the core of it. But I, I like the message, and this is what I want to share a little bit about. So I'm reading from Romans chapter 10, looking at verses 9 through 15. Um, and I'll I'm actually going to start halfway through verse uh, 8 there, because it makes a little more sense. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? 
as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. As we look at that scripture there and we think, you know, what is, what is Paul communicating? Let me get this. You know, he lays out some, some very basic facts about the gospel. And the first fact that he, okay, let me try this one. <laughs> Were you there? Oh, good, good. <laughs> um, the, the first that he lays out is that through Jesus Christ, God has provided for life, hope. The joy that we know, the, all the things that we were singing about in, in our worship this morning, all those, the hope that we have, and the, and the joy of salvation in Christ. Um, you know, the, probably one of the first memory verses that we ever memorize in the church is John 3.16. God loved the world so much that he gave his son, Jesus, that whoever believes will have life. And, and Paul's kind of repeating that here, and he's pointing that out. And the second fact he points out is that this isn't just something for a limited group. Basically, it's for everyone, whoever believes. You know, if you notice that when I was reading there, I don't know, I think Paul kind of tried to say it in as many different ways as he could to make it clear that the gospel's for everyone. It's whoever, all who call on name, anyone, everyone, no difference between Jew and Gentile. This is a gospel that is for everyone. And even if you go to Revelation and you look at the passage in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, you know, that chapter is about the, the lamb and how he is worthy. And in verse 9 it says, worthy to give life to all who are from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation. That's what Paul is saying here. And that's what, something that we need to keep in mind. This is not a gospel for just us here in America. It's a gospel for the world. It's not a gospel for the Jews only. It's a gospel for the world. world. And there is a, there is a, a limitation to it, however, and that is the fact there has to be a response. You have to accept it. God offers the gift, but the life that we have and the life that he offers through Christ, it does require each person to make a personal response. So it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, the gift is for you but the gift has to be received and acknowledged. And that's where Paul runs into this dilemma that he has, where he starts to ask all these how questions. How? How? Here's this fantastic good news and a life that people can have, a relationship with God. But how do they know about it? How can they make that response? How can they reach out and receive it? How can they acknowledge Jesus as Lord? How can they believe God raised him from the dead if they don't even know about that? If you think of all the marketing that we see gets thrown at us in the world today, companies and you know, products that maybe something you don't even know about, you might be missing out on something in life like the you know, 
sliced bread. I don't know. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? But that's just, that doesn't matter. But here's something that if somebody misses out on it, there's eternal consequences. And so Paul is saying, you know, how? How? And, and he goes through, and he asks this series of, of questions. And he ends up, I, th I think these are pretty much rhetorical questions. Because as he's going through this, then he simply ends up there saying, you know, just how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And that's a reference back to a passage in Isaiah. But I think Paul, because of who he's writing to perhaps, and even for us today, he wants us to think about that and to realize that we are the answer. You know, and to think, first let me just say, I did throw this, I forgot I threw this slide in here. Sometimes I'm going through a presentation, I jump myself up. Paul's question is still just as relevant today because there are so many people who still have not heard the gospel. You know, this graphic is several years old, but more recently I've been seeing, and I don't know if you've seen some of the material about uh, the Third of Us movement. I don't know if any of you have heard about that. But essentially, um, sometimes you'll see like two slashes and then a gap and another slash. Um, it's maybe because I'm plugged in a, a little bit to some of the outreaches that I'm a little more aware of that. But you know, there's a movement called a third of us which is saying essentially a third of the people in the world don't know Jesus, haven't heard that message. Paul's still asking us how, how are they gonna hear it? How will they know? And the answer, the solution was given by Jesus. You know, the last thing he said to his disciples before he ascended up into heaven was, you will receive the empowerment and you are the answer to Paul's question. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, and to the ends of the earth. So that's where we are we are called to be. This isn't just for a few selected who feel God's call to be missionaries. This isn't just for um, those who perhaps have the gift of evangelism. This is for everyone who knows Jesus, everyone who is a disciple. Just as Jesus was talking to his disciples immediately before being uh, taken up into heaven, when we read that scripture, Jesus is talking to us as his disciples today to take that message out there. So I want to transition a little bit and talk about the tithe ministry. You know, there's a lot of different ways. Uh, yeah, I'm going to... There's a lot the of... The gospel tithe is rolling. Yeah. In Let the dogs 
There we go. Now I can tell you a little bit about the history. <laughs> that was from 70-some years ago. The Gospel Tide Hour, and the reason I played that was that's the song that Charlie Byers, who founded this ministry, chose the name of his ministry. And it, it's all about, the, the hymn itself is about sharing the gospel and let the gospel tide roll in. So it became the Gospel Tide Hour. And over the years, as God has, he first took that out nationwide and then into other nations. And really, we realized, I shouldn't say we because I wasn't part of the ministry yet, but there came a time <clears throat> when they realized that there was a, a whole world out there that wasn't receiving the gospel and the media was available. You know, Charlie started because Chambersburg was getting their first radio station. And some people in his congregation encouraged him, you know, you need to go on the air and preach on the air to reach your community. Well, as radio has spread worldwide, uh, we've grown and our mission statement, our current mission statement, reflects, you know, Charlie's original heart. Creatively sharing the good news of Jesus Christ worldwide through media and partnerships. And you notice right there, I will say, we're known as a radio ministry, but you see in our mission statements, it's media, not radio. And over the years, God has grown and developed that. And so we're reaching out, just as Charlie embraced new technology, we're embracing new technologies and new avenues that are available. And so more recently, we've been doing more uh, with TV, online uh, broadcasts and videos, just all the various ways that the gospel can get out there, the creative aspect of it. And one at the core or the root of it is one of the ways that we want to make sure that we're answering Paul's question, how, is to get to declare the gospel to them, not sending out Charlie's messages. I should clarify one thing. We are now just a missions broadcasting ministry. We do not have an English program here in the U.S. anymore other than a one-minute daily update I do, or not daily, weekly update that goes out. And there are radio stations that if they're willing to air it, they air it. We don't spend money on it. We don't buy airtime for it. <clears throat> and there's around 340 stations around the country that just air that because they want their people to be challenged to know what God's doing around the world. But, you know, just as as I need to communicate clearly in English to the audience of that one minute global update, people around the world need to have the gospel communicated to them clearly in the language that they understand, the language they were born to speak. Sometimes we call it a heart language. And so our goal is to provide culturally relevant presentations of the gospel. We're not translating anything. And I had somebody call me actually this week from another ministry, and they do a lot of translation. And they said, so who are you using or how are you translating? And I explained to them a little bit about what I hope to convey to you today is we don't do translation. We work with indigenous groups around the world 
In some countries, we have built studios. In other countries, we have partnerships with ministries, uh, radio ministries, where we can use their studios. And we bring in speakers. We help to train and equip a local pastor or somebody that has a heart, somebody whose heart has been changed by the gospel and wants to reach their own people with that. And so we help them to be able to share that either through radio or video. And when we put the programs together, we also add music into it that is culturally relevant. So it will be in the indigenous style, but the lyrics will be Christian. So it doesn't quite, right away, it, it resonates with people. And if you would hear, for example, some of our Indian language programming, you would recognize that music and you say, yeah, that sounds like Indian music. And that's because it is Indian music. And unless you speak Hindi or Oriya or Bengali or Kwi or Ho or, and I could go on to several different ones. In, in India alone, we have a studio where the programs reach India, Nepal, and Bhutan. 12 different languages, we just added the 13th language. So I should say 13 different languages being produced in, in one studio. But all of it so that people can hear the gospel in their own language and can embrace it and know that God speaks their language. But as I said, we're also not just radio. We do have some TV stuff going on. The slide that you see up in front of you right now is with a guy named Pastor Clody, and he is in Albania. We started with him first doing radio, and then he really connects well with young people. So we now produce a TV program that enables him to talk about issues that young people face <clears throat> in their everyday lives, and to share that and to challenge them. Um, and I want to read a testimony that came in just with the last quarterly report. One of the things that we do is we ask our partners to send us quarterly reports on how the ministry is going and to share some of the stories. And this is a testimony that came in with the last quarterly report. It says, I've been watching the program Time to Talk for a few years now. And uh, it's, it's called Koha Tepo for Lore. You can see it on the background there. But that translates as Time to Talk. I've learned a lot, and I've been able to share with my cousins who are not believers. They all like the program. Last week, I watched the program on how we can have joy in our hearts. The discussion went so smooth, and it was so real, that my friend that was watching together with me said, how can I get the joy of salvation in my heart? That was the most beautiful day of my year. My friend gave his life to Jesus, and he is so full of contagious joy. He now shares with everyone what he has learned on the program. Our world is so fake, and the people are longing for real joy that cannot be taken away from us. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. That's the type of response that we're getting. And Albania used to be officially a, an atheist country. It's only been Christian or well, open to Christianity since the uh, 90s. But to, our focus is then, in a multiple ways, get the language out to people, the, the programs out to people in the language that they were born to speak or that they understand best. But then also, uh, going to parts of the world 
where there is limited access to the gospel. When I first joined the Tide Ministry, we still had the English program. We were using Dwayne Pottinger's messages from the pulpit at Antrim Brethren Christ Church. But we realized that here in North America, there is just a plethora of Christian radio programming. How many of you can listen to more than one Christian radio station? You might be able to choose music station, talk shows, online. There is so much. I recognize and I acknowledge there's an incredible need for the gospel here in America. But the access is here. The access is sitting in the pews here in this church. You know, we, we've got the gospel, we've got the message, and it's all around us. It's there. Okay. In some parts of the world, they just haven't heard it. And so we're taking it into areas where there might be small, uh, smaller people groups that are overlooked. Their language isn't big. You know, I can tell you that in, in, in our Hindi language broadcast, there are over four, there, there's between four to five million people who speak that as the language they were born to speak. But there's over 750 million people that speak that language because it's the most common language used in India. But then you can look at another small people group. They might have a very small geographical area, perhaps only about two million of them. But they're still worthy of the gospel. And I, I appreciate that our board of directors doesn't just look for the big numbers, but looks for, you know, where does God want us to touch? Where does God want us to, to reach people? Who really needs access to the gospel and to get it out there to them? And then on top of that, we also make sure that we're fulfilling the Great Commission as Jesus wanted it to be fulfilled. You know, Acts, where I read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that's very much focuses on, you know, being witnesses, being witnesses. But Matthew expands on that. When Matthew shares that, and he says, Jesus said, all authority has been given, and I'm sending you out under that authority to share the gospel, to make disciples, baptizing and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. That discipleship element is critical. We can't just throw the gospel out there and expect people to know what to do with it. And we get so many letters from uh, people that come in and they say, you know, I've heard about Jesus on the radio. Or I even prayed with the pastor at the end of the program. Now what do I do? Please help me. Let me again here just read a couple of letters that came in. Th this is from the report from, from India. I've become a regular listener to your Jivan Roti Ho program. Your program has become very dear to me. I listen to it every Saturday, and I also invite my friends to listen to this blessed program. Thank you for sending me the literature. I shall be happy if you would also send me a New Testament in the Ho language. And another one, that uh, picture that I had up there earlier was from the Botara people. This one says, I've been listening to your Botara radio program every Sunday evening and getting peace and joy in my heart. I do not have any book about Jesus Christ, 
therefore would like to receive some literature or Bible correspondence course from you. There's a hunger and a need when people hear the gospel. They want to know how do we, follow, how do we live out this, that, that God has, this life that God has provided for us. And so there are various aspects I've mentioned here, the literature provision. We also have uh, different meetings or conferences where in a given area where we're getting response from listeners, our partners will go out and they'll schedule a time to get together and to meet and to teach and to share. And I, I have another testimony from a Seekers Conference in India I'd like to share. It says, I am Pratap from a village in Bandugaon. I was practicing witchcraft. People were coming to me for the solution of their various problems. I was taking advantage of them and making money. But one day, Pastor Junos visited my village and spoke about Jesus as being superior to any god and spirits. He also shared the radio program in the Kui language. I started to listen to your program and found peace in my life. I attended the seekers meeting and understood all the topics. I had never heard such teachings. I decided to follow Jesus, leaving my witchcraft practice and to lead an honest life. Please keep me in your prayer and send me some literature. Again, a, a radical change life through hearing the gospel and an encounter with Jesus in their own language. Church planting is a very important part of what we do also. And I put this picture in here because this is from one of our pastors in Kosovo who has been using his that radio program to reach out into neighboring communities. So he's pastoring in the town of Jakova, in another town of Klina. He sent this picture, as far as he knows, these are the first ever people baptized in that town. So if you think there aren't mission frontiers out there, there still are frontiers. And then another thing that we do is to make the gospel accessible for those who are too poor. And I know this can seem really strange in our society where we have so much technology and so many ways to access the gospel. But there are, in parts of Africa and Asia, entire communities where nobody in that community even owns a radio. So our gospel can be going out on the airwaves there, but if they don't have a way to access it, they're still not going to hear. So Paul would say, how are they going to hear? Well, one of the ways we answer that is to give them a media player and make it possible. In some cases, it may be a solar-powered, um, like a memory stick or unit MP3 player that we can put stuff on. In other cases, it's actual radios. And I want to take time, I'm, I'm trying to watch the clock here, but I, I do want to take time and, and share a quick story of a pastor in India who, had, who was given a radio, uh, planted three different churches with that radio. And I went, when we were visiting India, and we had gathered the radio workers and village workers together for a retreat and spiritual renewal. He came, and through a translator, he said, please, please tell your people in, in America, thank you so much for praying. I thought maybe he was going to thank us for the radio, thank, but he said, thank you for praying. He said, because the prayer saved my life. And he went on to share how he had been in one village, and they take the radios out, and they invite people to sit and listen, and then from that, 
group, they get some converts, and they kind of start a house fellowship. He'd been in one village, and he was going to travel on to the next one, and some of the people came, and they said, we've heard some of the, the, the men in the village talking. They're going to ambush you in the forest, and they say they want to kill you. And that's a real threat. I've met the widow of a man who was beheaded for sharing the gospel in India. And he said, you know, what could I do? He said, there's a river on one side, there was a mountain on the other side. It's either I go back or I go, go ahead to the next village. And he said, God's called me to preach the gospel. I decide to go forward. And he said, as he was walking through the forest, he saw a group of menacing looking men standing up ahead. And he just kept walking. He walked past them. He walked on. They never touched him. Later, he said he found out from people, they asked those men, you said you were going to kill him. Why didn't you touch him? They said, we were afraid of all of the soldiers that were walking with him. And he said, I know that it's because people were praying that God sent his army to walk with me and protect me. And so when you pray, you might not know specifically. I know that nobody knew that man's name here in America. You know, we put out prayer requests, and sometimes they're very, very general. But God knows where those prayers are needed. And so praying that the prayer support is so critical to the ministry that we do. Oh, I want to go ahead then. Sawadika, hello from Thailand. It's June 2021, and I'm excited to bring you an update from Thailand about the Tide ministry here. My name's Chris, and you will also get a chance to see in this video my coworkers. You'll see Pawn, who works in church planting. You'll see Geng, who works directly with the Tide, doing uh, video record. Internet. You'll see Nit, who's the voice behind our programs. You'll see Silk, our teammate who is spending time in Bangkok, between Bangkok and Ubon, who writes our scripts. And you'll also see Bly, a university student who is helping us a lot in ministry. Well, I want to give you an update of what's happening here in Thailand with the Tide. Uh, one of our big projects is our radio programs. We have a radio program called Raigan Kamtop Chiwit which means life's answers. And it's a radio program that has music in the Isan worship style, testimonies of Isan believers, and Bible stories told in the local language. And this radio program is aired four times a day uh, over three different radio stations. And one of the things we did last month while we were in a COVID lockdown a little bit, we posted signs, these signs, in each township in the main county where we are doing church planting. That county is called Muong Sam Sip. And so we went to each township, 14 townships, posted these signs to advertise the program because in Muong Sam Sip, it's on the air twice a day for more people to know about it. Uh, one of the sayings we have is, you have any problem in life, Jesus is the answer. Well, besides just radio, we also put our programs into video form on YouTube, on Facebook, also on a Thai website called Christlike.com. And we also send out a daily devotional, uh, Walking with God, or Yang Gapadao, is sent out on the social media app called Line here in Thailand every day. That program was recorded by another ministry 
Right now we have a network called Isan Christian Media. It's six different ministries that are all producing resources in the Isan language. And we partner together so that we're not recreating the wheel, but we're supplementing one another's work. Well, as we are putting these programs on the radio, it took a while, it took about two years on the radio before anybody started calling. Really took time for people to listen and to be bold enough to call. In the past year, we've had a number of callers. Our first caller is a Buddhist monk in the temple, and we're gonna get a chance to go visit him. Uh, he called, he listens to the program three times a day on two different stations, and we visited him several times in the past year. Recently, he expressed interest in connecting with a church. He's outside of the area where we work, but we are connecting him with a local church in his area. Another caller is this man, Paul Sambrit. He is a tuk-tuk driver, and he listened for almost a year. He actually accepted Christ by listening to the programs and finally called us, and we've been able to come and follow up with him. His wife also has come to faith, and his 98-year-old mother-in-law have come to faith, and we just had a house church meeting here in Turtle Swamp Village, new house church. Most recently, we've had another caller from that Muang Samsip County that I've been talking about. We were really praying that someone would call. We already have three house churches in that county, and in another area, we've had a caller, and you're gonna see a visit today where People accepted Christ. There are now five people who have accepted Christ as a result of listening to the Life Answers radio program. And we are starting a new house church, a church under the mango tree. In addition, we've had some other callers from the city and other areas, but these are some of the exciting things that are happening. We are also able to give people, uh, thanks to the Tide and a grant that they were able to obtain, we got 40 of these players, audio players that they can listen to, so we can put programs on for seekers to listen and learn more. We also use these players with our believers because we want them to grow and be able to share their faith with others. A new program we've been recording on the book of Acts, almost 40 stories about church formation in the book of Acts. That's for believers to learn. What does it mean to be the church? How do I, uh, how does the church work together? How do we share the gospel? So they're using these players to listen so that they can grow as well. So these are some of the exciting things happening in Thailand right now because of your support and your prayers through uh, our partnership with the Tide. And you can see this clearly goes hand in hand with our ministry, uh, which is evangelism, discipleship, church planting in the form of house churches and leadership development. Thank you so much for your partnership. God bless you. I just wanted you to see that, to see um, you know, how it all comes together. The radio ministries, the follow-up, the discipleship, uh, and, and the church planting, and it, it is successful. What's happening there in Thailand is being duplicated in other countries. And it is a true partnership between us here and the, the various ministries around the world. And I want to just finish up a little bit by just sharing a little bit, uh, encouraging you to continue to engage with us however you can. Uh, I'm thankful that we have as our advocates or um, 
ambassadors here in the for for the tide in your congregation. If you didn't know that Gloria and Robert are our ambassadors here, we thank thank them for helping to share. I'll just mention a few things. Like next, there there's a flyer in your bulletin that talks about a worship event that we want to just get people together and and worship in the word next Sunday or next Saturday evening uh, down at Antrim Brethren Christ Church there's also upcoming there's a virtual challenge where we haven't done a live 5k yet but it's a race where you can just go around and share the gospel uh, and pray uh, along the way okay I am going okay there um, this one is focused on Yemen. We do a TV children's program, and right now it's in Egyptian Arabic. We want to expand it into two more countries. One of those is Yemen in a different Arabic dialect, so this uh, virtual challenge is to raise funds for that. Uh, if you have shoes that you don't wear anymore, uh, there's a, okay, I think it's time up and I'm supposed to be <laughs> wrapping up here. Anyways, we're collecting shoes to help share the gospel around the world, and uh, um, we can give you more information about that. But God wants me to talk about your beautiful feet, since we're talking about shoes. I just want to challenge as we think. You know, Paul ended up and he said, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And if you think of it, back when he wrote that, a lot of messages were sent by <clears throat> a runner, whether carrying a tablet or a parchment or maybe just carrying a verbal message but they would sometimes travel over long distances and we know that it was part of the culture in that day to wash people's feet as they came into your home but to think of somebody running not with the fancy shoes we have today but possibly barefoot or with sandals running over long distances with dirt maybe in the heat think of those feet calloused, dirt caked, maybe sweat running down and leaving streaks. They might not look very attractive, but Paul says if the message they're bringing is wonderful, good news, those feet are beautiful. And so what I want to leave you with here today is a challenge to think. Think over and meditate. How can you have beautiful feet for others? More specifically, who in your life needs you to have beautiful feet for them? Yeah, before you go, Don, why don't you come on up here? I'd love to have prayer for you and for the ministry. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this message of hope. And we ask your blessing on the tide, on its entire ministry around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, we pray that you will provide what's necessary financially, what's necessary in terms of material things, but, but also willing workers and volunteers and people who can do mm -hmm. the gospel in your language, your language, a language that reaches hearts in many languages around the world. I ask your blessing on Don as he continues to share this message. May you bless him, give him safety in his travels. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. <laughs> We're going to transition 
into communion time, into uh, the Lord's Supper. Um, if you did not receive a communion cup this morning on your way in, can you just stick your hand up and Charlie's going to bring some around here. Just keep your hand up until he, he brings one to you.